Good afternoon, you're listening to Scarif Bay Community Radio and this is Local Media This Week, the programme where we look at the local print media here in County Clare and we give you a flavour of, of what's on and what they're talking about. And we're great fans of the local print media here. We're dealing with the Clare Echo today and the Clare Champion. And I think, you know, it deserves all our backing and all our support, though the print media here in County Clare. I'm joined around the table here at, for this programme by our usual panel. First of all, John S. Kelly. Good afternoon, John. Good afternoon, James. Pat O'Brien. Pat, you're welcome. Thank you. And David Fleming, great to see you here again. Happy Mother's Day, Jim. And we'll start oh, with Mother's God Day. <laughs> yes, we were ambushed oh, there. Oh, we were there, Corkman again. Yes, coming into it. Uh, today, of course, as listeners will know, is Mother's Day. And uh, if you didn't know or forgot, well, you're getting a timely <laughs> reminder now because it's still only just after two o'clock. And... Uh, We'll be, um, you have a chance maybe to make amends if you've forgotten. David, tell us about Mother's Day. There's a, an article there in the Clare Echo. There is an, an, an article on page 17 of the Clare Echo, uh, The Origins of Mother's Day. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a potted sort of a history. I'm not sure I would entirely agree with it. And, re and readers can go into it themselves. agree with what? With, with the history as presented. Um, so, oh. so it's... My understanding, which is not in the article, is that Mother's Day was promoted first in the United States at the end of the 19th century to recognize the role of women, and mothers in particular, in, in society. And, and the woman who pioneered it, um, eventually, she led a very strong campaign and eventually got Congress backing for it. That's not mentioned at all uh, in this particular piece. It goes and talks about the ancient Romans and the goddesses and mm. uh, Ireland's Mother's Day is always the fourth Sunday of Lent. That I did not know and I don't know as a young fella whether any priest said that the fourth, day, fourth Sunday of Lent was Mother's Day. I never heard of that one. Yeah. Um, you mentioned yourselves, um, but just before we started, Nolig Naman, yes, which indeed. is more of an mm. Irish tradition for celebrating yeah. women. Indeed. Not just mothers, of course. But, um, but never, in your gender, I, we talked about this uh, at, at Christmas time this year, and, and I was uh, kind of surprised here that... Uh, you, 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 David, didn't celebrate. No, Nolig Naman wasn't. Wasn't it? Wasn't part of your culture? No, it wasn't no. part. Of, not, not and part of, no, not and, at no. all. And it was part of mine. How is that? I'm not that much older than you. It, 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 it could be to do with the particular geographic region you're dealing with. It's it, yeah. yeah. Mm. You know, um, um, but in any event, um, was a I think it's Christmas. Yeah, yeah, it is important, the other day, of course, to remember women in an Irish tradition, which again isn't mentioned here, unfortunately, is St. Bridget's Day, uh, the, 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 the second saint, it's always behind Patrick, but yeah. uh, she is nevertheless another woman that we will now have a public holiday. We had a public holiday, of course, just after St. Patrick's Day, Friday, but that will now revert to the first Friday of February. So it won't be the 1st of February, but the closest day to it, uh, the closest Friday, I think, to it. So I think between Nolignaman, St. Bridget's Day, and, and mother, um, Mothering Sunday or Mother's Day, I think we're kind of writing Isn't it the interesting story. that we celebrate uh, uh, the male patron saint, 
I mean, we celebrate it globally. And the female patron, St. Bridget, we don't celebrate that at all. Mm. No. The kids I suppose it's a making. product of history too. It is. Yeah. You know, that's uh, are, you back to, are you back to David's original point about um, uh, some of these commercialized by the Americans? Okay. Well, and, I mean, going back several centuries in a male-dominated world, yeah. you, you, you celebrate, the, you know, the, the male kind of mm. took mm. precedence in those days. Mm. Um, Women didn't come into the story, no. John. And, and, that's and therefore there was no point in celebrating. There was no need. Society didn't. Yeah. So it's a Society has that. changed. Do women, I mean, do women the feel that, do you think? There well, are five can, of us here on the table now. You, 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 can, you, 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 you don't have to go too far in any household to be reminded of how male-dominated a society it has really? been and how very quickly it needs to change. It but needs to or is changing? I think is changing. Is yeah, changing. very much and is has changing. changing. Yeah. I'm looking at the, on page 17 again of the Clare Echo and there, there's a number of, there, there are two advertisements on that page. Both, well, one is a flower shop and the other is a garden centre. Yeah. And a, a photograph then to accompany the article where you have two boys obviously going up to their mother and one has a cut-out heart holding it behind his back. Yes. And the other uh, lad has a bunch of tulips, I think. Isn't that lovely? But it's, it's, it shows the commercialism of Mother's Day. But oh. there is an undercurrent as well there, Jim, of something uh, very familial, if you like. Oh, there is, of course. Oh, there is. Yeah. Yeah. But nearly every holiday we have is commercialized. Commercialized. Easter, Christmas, even St. Patrick's Day, yeah. with the consumption of alcohol and other things. Um, mm. Christmas being the prime example. I mean, where businessmen and women will seize an opportunity, they will seize it on these occasions. Yeah, and, and you don't blame them either. And you don't. Blame no, them. no. It's all part of this, the enjoyment of it, I so suppose. So breakfast in bed at least anyway on Sunday. Well, we mm. hope that all mothers had their breakfast in bed and if they get dinner tonight, all the better. And Pat, I'm sure you're looking forward to Father's Day later on in the year. Okay. We'll go on Shannon. Now, Shannon Airport, we've often spoken about it before, and uh, it, has, it has dominated the headlines. And funny enough, in the newspapers that we're rattling around here on the table, there isn't a word of what is the big story of the year. And uh, the, the headline is actually on the Clare Echo, uh, on their premium uh, website. Yeah. And uh, Parik O'Kady has stepped down from his role as Shannon Group Chair. And the Clare Echo has learned that the founder of Aaron stepped down, has stepped down from the post. And uh, he's, um, he's said to have cited work commitments as a reason for having to depart the role suddenly. The Clare Echo understands. And it goes on to say he was and he appointed last September. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a huge shock, I think, for Shannon Airport. Um, uh, the, the article by, by Parik goes on to talk about his time as uh, chairman and CEO of Air Aaron for maybe 26 years, and he's a former winner of the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year and, and other awards. So it was hugely, it was with great optimism that he was appointed last September. Oh, Jim, um, sure, I mean, um, Pat O'Brien here beside me was jumping out of his chair uh, campaigning and lobbying 
for the appointment of Paulie Cage, he was the only man to save Shannon Airport. Yourself and John politely supported Pat's view. I held my fire. Why did you hold your fire? I, I, I was, giving, loading, I was going to give him a chance. Were you loading the guns? I, was, <laughs> I wasn't loading the guns, no. I wanted to see how he'd do. And whatever, the, now, we have a public reason. I, I make out there are other things going on that we don't know about and we may never know about. But I'd love to hear Pat's view on this. Um, he seemed to be, I, I would have agreed with Pat at the time, a genuine, solid businessman, person with a lot of experience in the av aviation industry, a person who would have only accepted the job full well knowing the work commitments that would be required for it, and suddenly, after only a couple of months, having left how do you explain it? Yeah, so I don't know. I, I campaigned for him because I thought he was a worthwhile man and he, he had um, a lot of experience in, in, in Air Ireland and all that, and that he would be um, suitable for the job. And um, I thought he was getting on fine because there was a lot of uh, announcements on, on Shannon and various routes. And um, next thing, this uh, bombshell this morning on the radio. That's what I had the first that had about half a second. That, it, it must have been very, very sudden because. The main heading on the paper, don't forget, Shannon's season set for takeoff, and the report, we can all look forward. Great jollity. Yeah. Do you know? Well, as Pat was saying, I mean, yeah. last week we had very positive news about Shannon Airport as well, and the flights, and so here over we the last few weeks we were seeing so, yeah. posit positive news. So yeah. this is a bit of a shock. Yeah. How do you read it, lads? I, I don't know. I mean, and none of us know, as David said, the real reason. You know, I would go along with what David said in the sense that he, anybody in his, you know, work yeah. uh, would know his commitments. And I mean, he would seem to have been very committed to Shannon. Mm. So I, you know, would he clear all his extra commitments to spearhead Shannon? Why would he suddenly drop out like that? There, there must be a reason that, that we don't know. And it doesn't look good from his point of view as a professional having accepted a, an appointment from the Minister for Transport to suddenly leave yeah. any businessman or any person who has taken on a job like that doesn't just suddenly resign for other work commitments. It just doesn't look good no. on, on a CV or, or even in the public domain. Yeah. I suppose nobody really Pat, realize, or believes that it, it's just work commitment. I'm sure he has loads of work commitments. I suppose there is something behind it, Jim. There's, you know, there's always something behind it. When someone leaves uh, in a hurry like that. So, uh, you know, so what kind uh, of questions, Pat, would you be inclined to ask? So maybe, I, I don't know, so we're, we're, we're only speculation here, but we're, we're oh, maybe yeah, yeah. speculating that maybe, maybe the, the, the boardroom could none together or something like that. So would, uh, would that have, would that have, would something yeah. like well, that? Well, I suppose you have a board, he was chairman of the board. Yes. So that was his function to chair the board. Yes. Yeah. The board would not be full time in the airport. The board are made up and it's anyone who goes, who Googles Shannon Airport board will see who they all are. Yeah. Um, there's about, I don't know, six or seven people on the board. So it's his job to chair it. It's the board's job to set policy. Yeah. And then it's the CEO's job... To implement that policy. To implement that policy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can, I can just imagine if the only reason that I can think that somebody would be, you know, in that position and would be going home to do a good job and suddenly resign is if 
it's just, there were nowhere else to go. Nowhere else you to go. You know, yeah. that your way was not, uh, was being blocked. That things and ideas and everything yeah. that you would have had um, yeah, was just not... That's a fair point. But, but, but we, we're only speculating. Yeah, yeah. He also said this morning, it was also on the radio this morning, that he, he also said that, uh, that the, the job needed a full-time position, but I don't know whether that's, that, you know, that uh, it needed 100%. Well, I suppose, uh, you know, I, I, I think I can uh, understand why at this present time, bearing in mind what Shannon has gone through over the last few years, that to get it really up and, and going again would require a huge commitment from the chair of the board, beyond perhaps what the normal expectation... But John, the, uh, wouldn't you have expected that to be fully acknowledged at the very start that he knew exactly what would have been required of him because we but all know how what the situation in Shannon has been like for the last number of years and and we we speculated at the time why it was so difficult to get a chair yeah. and why it was taking so long and one of that one of those speculations was that few business people would actually touch Shannon mm. knowing the challenges in front of them yeah. Would, I'm just wondering, yeah. let's say, as well as chairing a board, what kind of things would the, the chairman of Shannon Airport be doing? Would he be, or she, whoever it is, would they be going abroad? Would they be representing Shannon as a kind of an ambassador in Good. places? Good. Um, Could also, Jim, be bringing the material to the board that he or she thought was significant yeah. and important in the and I'm inclined to lean a bit uh, towards that that you know that he he's a creative man yeah and yeah. it was going to require creativity mm. uh, and that just perhaps, like Michael O'Leary has shown yeah. over the years yeah. and indeed but successfully but, but it appeared yeah, you know? it appears in the way that the media has has provided and we will be going on to a story shortly um, but there was a lot of positive news coming out of Shannon the last few months as Pat says Sh Shannon's season set for takeoff the 108 yeah. flights uh, 108 routes announced we saw the advertising the 108 flights a week yeah. 108 yeah. flights a week sorry uh, so there's a lot of it does seem that Shannon is in, is slowly recovering. Yeah. Could I could I could I just briefly refer back again to what we were talking about just before that? About and it's 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 a hypothesis. We're just speculating. Speculating. Yeah. And if I'm the new chair, and I can see straight away that there are certain approaches which need to be visited, and out of my knowledge, I'm talking about if I were Katie and, uh, and Addy's expertise and what have you, I could see a man like that, or a woman if the uh, case would be, um, bringing ideas to a board mm. and finding sometimes that the board was not being enthusiastic enough. Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, now, yeah. that's my... It, and, and that could well be possible. We, we looked at the board and it's available online. Anybody can go on and have a look at, at the Shannon. There are seven people. Only one of them, apart from the CEO, is a woman. It's very male-dominated. Um, you'd expect, it, as, as we know, plenty of aviation experience, law experience, uh, accounting, accounting experience. What they do lack, and what Paul O'Kage brought was the airline experience. Yeah. 
And you would expect that a board would listen to him on, on that, on that front. Now, uh, we, we don't know. The other, the other connections, that the other job a chairman does is they liaise with the government and they liaise with the department and they lobby and, and so maybe he wasn't getting much legway that way. Mm, yeah, yeah. But again, you would have expected a person like him to stick at it for a bit longer. Mm. Mm. When he was appointed first, he, he, he was interviewed, I interviewed on Claire FM, and he said that he would be talking to the minister and hoping maybe that, that, that he would be, he would be a, put in there as a full-time position. Because he felt it, it took full time, yeah. a hundred percent full time job to, to get, get Shannon working properly. Mm. Another thing I had, Sean Lally was on this morning. He's the chairman of of of, of, um, of Clare um, Tourism, and he's the owner of the Woodstock Hotel. Yeah. He'll be on regularly there, and and actually Owen was on as well. Owen Reagan was on as well this morning on, on that. And, Sean Lally said that he was only talking to um, Parley Gokeda a few weeks ago and that um, Parley Gokeda had come to him to have a chat about, about new, you know, new thinking on, on how, how to get new business into China. Hmm. So, this, so, so you're suggesting this happened very suddenly? This so it must be suddenly enough because he said he was only met him two weeks ago and that they had a chat on, yeah. and Parley was once. So now was, was, was picking his brains and maybe how, yeah. what kind and of business that they bring into China. What then if you brought these new ideas and new way of thinking to the board as we were saying earlier, what then if the board was not supportive? But yeah. listen, Jim, or um, John, at first if you don't succeed you try again. That's, if that's only in the last two weeks and you've just had one meeting and you walk away, mm. you keep at it. You know yourself, John. Um, from your various activities as a principal and a person in the public sector, um, that you keep going until you get the right answer. I wonder, John, if you got a phone call next week that there's a vacancy <laughs> in Roscommon for senior football manager, <laughs> you wouldn't, if you decided you wanted to take it, mm. you'd bring all your own people with you. Those people Indeed. that you would consult and talk to and whatever, You'd bring, you wouldn't accept people who were there before, Indeed. you know, in the Indeed. normal sense. Yeah. And no disrespect to them. Mm. But you'd bring your own team with That'd you. That'd be very, uh, that, I, I pro you're probably right, but that's, that is a very autocratic way of um, moving forward. Michael, it's worked for Michael O'Leary. <laughs> yeah, but look at all the talk, negative talk he gets around the table here. And, and <laughs> who who cares the once the passengers... <laughs> Listen, we, we must go Jim, on. Jim, before, before you go on, though, it's worth noting that it was the Clare Echo who brought us this scoop, uh, and Porrick McMahon in particular. He seems to have his finger on the pulse, fair play to Porrick. And that we would hope now, in the week between this... Uh, this edition of the paper and when it comes out next week in the paper edition that uh, we may have more answers and Porig will ask and the other journalists mm. will ask some very hard-hitting questions. The other thing is that since it broke, we'll say after it broke on Wednesday night, too late for the papers to, which go to print yeah. and the only place you could read up on it, in, in seriously read up on it, is the Clare Echo premium section on their website. So it's, it's a great scoop for, for uh, Boric and, and the Clare Echo. Just for the listener, uh, what is the premium section on the Clare Echo? Yeah. In the premium section, uh, you can subscribe 
and, and I can't remember what it cost. It's two euro. Two euro a week. And uh, it, it, it gives you everything. So if, if you, if for example, the other day you looked up about Parik Okeda retire, resigning, it would give you the first four or five lines and then to fade into... Yes, on the normal version of it. And then when you, you subscribe, you get the whole story. You get the whole story. Yeah. And that would go with, with many different articles on the, on the Clare Echo. Well, this was, uh, before we go away from it, there's a lot of good news from Shannon there on the papers, uh, page five, and the champion, crucial heat on the route resumes at weekend, while more, more American tourists have set the program through No Hawk Link. So, and then you have 180 weekly departures here on the, on the Echo. Uh, from Shannon for the summer, so the, 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 there is good very, news. Very yeah. for, tis, for tis, but tis, that makes it so surprising, then, it does, doesn't it? Yes. Doesn't it yes. very much? But, but we'll yeah. keep our eye open, and I'm sure, as you said, David Porrick will, and and the Clare Champion as well will let us know uh, when things move a bit further and there's more light shone on it. The Ukraine, or no, it's not the Ukraine, it's Ukraine, and so many people. Is it a thousand people in Clare? And um, is it 500 people in Listenvarna? Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of Ukrainians in Clare. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, just on the, uh, it's, it's the leading after Clare in the, the Clare champion. You uh, stop this senseless conflict. Ukrainian ref refugees arrive in Clare, calling for support to bring peace to their homeland. <clears throat> this is what we are about. This is a moment in time to prove that we are. <coughs> we are and slow that we, and, and show that the Irish have shown for years when giving to people overseas and how this is our actual doorstep. Hundreds of people fleeing. Jessica Quinn is just the, the <coughs> has the story here. Hundreds of people fleeing from the war, the war ravaged Ukraine have received ten million fortune not clear as community groups, organisations, and local representatives have come together to ensure a coordinated welcome. For the new arrivals, more than 500 Ukrainians have arrived in Eastern Verna with a further hundred staying in the Livahan in local hotels. There isn't, this isn't the first time that Eastern Verna has played host to people of Ukraine as the town has fond memories of welcoming the Ukrainian Special Olympic delegation in 2003. Yeah. More, uh, more than 200 Ukrainian refugees are now staying in the Hydro Hotel in Eastern Verna this, <coughs> this week. Called for world leaders to stop the war. The refugees have arrived in the hotel last week and called for peace, saying all Ukrainians and all people at the, in the, of the world now, <coughs> uh, of the world once one peace now. Please stop and since this war. Yeah. As far as we we'll all echo that, and, and uh, as far as it's great to see um, the, the people listen there and they're not there uh, coming together and, and helping out. That's what, all these what, is, what is it saying about the humanism? Irish psyche. Are we are we a unique people? No, I wouldn't say that, John, because no. you look at Poland and they have taken in a, a million people, million people and Romania the same. They're on they're at the real coal face of it. Mm -hmm. uh, we're we're taking our share. It's the the United Kingdom that hasn't taken its share. Why is that? I there well. It's partly to do with the bureaucracy of processing immigrants and, quote, security fears. Now, I think we mentioned it last week, an 80-year-old woman. I wonder what the security fear is mm. there. Anyway. It's a throwback to Brexit as well. It is a throwback to Brexit. Is. But uh, it was, yeah. anybody watching RT News over the last week might have seen 
um, a similar story to they, they went to Listonverna yeah. and they went to the local school and the classroom was full of Ukrainian children uh, and a Ukrainian teacher was there and she said, and I think it was the principal of the school said it actually, you can see smiles returning to these children's faces for the first time. Um, there's a lovely picture on page four of the Clare Echo of yeah. the refugees staying in the Hydro Hotel. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it's, 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 hard, it's hard for them, it's hard to see it. It's good to see that at least they're accommodated. Just to give you an idea though, um, the, the, the hard facts that the cost of war, ultimately, and the cost to us, the financial cost I'm talking about now is reported by Porig McMahon. The cabinet was told on Tuesday that the cost of accommodating 1,000 people in a hotel for a year is 33 million euro, with some supports included. This cost does not include social protection payments. Latest figures show that 7,326 people arriving from Ukraine have been issued with PPS numbers. 88% of those are women and children. 88% are women and children. There's a point uh, about the first figure you mentioned there. That um, 30, Three million. 33 million, that's money that is actually will be in circulation within our economy. Yeah, I have not absolutely no problem in paying as a taxpayer well, I know you any no. part of that money. No, no, but it's, it's, it's important that we as a people yeah. realise that it is... Myself and my wife had a discussion on, on, on Ukraine today and uh, on, on when you hear it all on the radio, when the radio is on... I hope it was a civil discussion. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, but the, the, the radio is on all the time now, so we'll be listening to the news at the same time. But anyway, I, I was suggesting that, that uh, okay, the money that all these uh, Russian millionaires have, have yeah. around the country, yeah. they freeze it and they just take it. They, they, the government, you just, you just confiscate the money. But you'll, have pay, you'll, you'll have to eventually pay it back anyway. Because no, no, you won't have to pay it back. You just confiscate the money and you, no, you, you, does, you, 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 you bring up the Ukraine if the you, economy. If you have £20 billion pounds worth yeah, of take air, it women of aircraft now nailed down in Russia under new registration, okay? If you're the owner, if you're one of the Irish owners, and if you, in fact, there's a Clare man heavily involved in the, uh, in the air leasing business, the Russians have taken and grabbed the actual planes belonging to the, what do you call the, the groups that the, the lease? Yeah, the lease. Uh, Doran Slattery and I is yeah, one of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, when all this is over, there is a negotiation. Yeah. There is an attempt at restoration and rejuvenation. Isn't that right? Yeah. And that's when we'll want our planes back into Ireland and yeah, into Europe. There must be money there as well, John. But sitting tall, sitting tall planes, like. But you know, I mean, if, if, if we're talking billions, Pat. I mean. But uh, if if the money that let's say is attributed to these billionaires or these oligarchs yes. were close to Putin, yes, I'd agree with Pat. I wouldn't give any of them back. I, I think oh. the principle is sound. Um, <laughs> the process might be something. After every war, there were reparations to be paid by the yeah. losing side. Yes. But the, and Russia, you look, Ukraine will have to be, look at Mariupol. That yeah. city and Kershaw and all the others will have to be rebuilt. Yes. Yes. And the Russians should 
pay for it. Yes, yeah, sure. Yeah, but sure. No, Mr. Putin, Mr. Putin, back in 2014, he agreed a, a, an agreement that if they handed over their, their um, nuclear weapons, mm -hmm. that they wouldn't be. Mm. Now, is that, is that agreement? Is that just. Yeah, uh, Putin has shown that. Is that just a rational paper on that? Putin has shown that his word means nothing. Yes. Even his signature no. means nothing. No, but then he has to be his health. Yeah. Yeah, so Okay, we, we need to go on. Pat, I'll just, just with we'll you. Just, just there in Kikiji, in Kikiji, two, two front medals on Saturday, just uh, to do with the Ukrainians, where 90 of them came into Kikiji, and they raised 12,230 on Sunday, Sunday morning in Kikiji, in, in a few fundraisers for, the, for those people. For Ukraine, yeah. good. Yeah, which yeah. are for the people that came into the hotel there. Yeah. No. Pat, what I was going to ask you about is, that you're going to have to put your hand in your pocket <laughs> after looking up at the hills of Derry Brine for the last oh, 10 or yes. 15 years. You're now going to have to put your hand in your pocket, pocket again, yeah. and pay for the decommissioning of those windows. Yeah. And you can't ask the Russians for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a big hidden here for then, then our taxpayers could foot, seven, could, could foot 70 million wind farm bill. Uh, the early decommissioning of an ESP wind farm in South Galway could result in the overall taxpayer, taxpayer bill of up to 70 million, a local lobby group has claimed, following a lump sum fine of 5 million a day uh, and a daily fine of 15,000 plus legal costs imposed by the European Court of Justice during uh, running in November 2019. The Dairy Prime wind has now incurred a bill of 17,000, They got the figures wrong there, there's an extra little digit in there. <laughs> the penalties uh, are levied after it found Ireland had failed to comply with previous court rulings in relation to the wind farm that then slide court during the 2003. But so we can all remember the, the yeah. show on television. The, the, Is this one of the, the biggest, uh, most expensive scandals that we have had in a long, long, long time? time. Where do we, and where, right, where do we start? And I suppose the, uh, the other part of the scandal now is that we are going to, it's 20 years probably, we, the, these 70, um, those 70 uh, turbines that's up there are decommissioned, they're not, not, they're, they're not generating any power. Can they be reused elsewhere? No, but aren't you going to, if you drive up the mountain now with huge big machinery again to take down all those turbines, you're going to leave them there, though, are you? Aren't you going to, aren't you, aren't you going to have to, aren't you going to disturb all the, all the, the places? The soil again? Um, the there are, well, there are access roads now, to be fair. There are access roads, as far are as we? I know. But the, the problem was the ESB didn't follow due no. process. No. Yeah. The EU and its directives and our own local planning is pretty clear. Um, they, the case was brought before the courts and it was proven before the courts that they didn't follow the right procedures. Mm. That's why we've been fined, uh, how much did you say, Pat? Uh, uh, a daily fine of 15,000. We're yeah. still probably being fined mm. yeah. 15,000 a day. And 17 million, uh, or is it 5 million in total that we've been fined simply because we did, they didn't follow the law. I'm just wondering, John, you might answer this if you can. What do you think? Uh, are we shooting ourselves in the foot? I mean, we have, we have green energy being, yeah. um, irrespective of, of what David says is correct, about we didn't follow the plan, but we have green energy, clean energy being created. And because of that we didn't follow the proper procedures Procedure. and paperwork, not alone have we to 
stump up 70 million euro to take the whole thing down. And we have to switch, it's already been switched off, I believe, the, the generation of electricity. We're going to have to put up those turbines somewhere else, or, or other turbines. Well, I mean, DSB have yeah. announced. Um, and the other thing is that dairy brine produced, what, 1% of the electricity supply for the country. Mm, mm. And because of what you might call paperwork or an oversight or whatever, yeah. we're now going to have to... Um, it, it just strikes yeah. me that could we not say, Crazy, yeah. could we not say, look, okay, this was done, it was wrong, but look, it's there now and it's producing electricity. Well, uh, now, my, my response, Jim, to this, there are five of us around the table here. There is, this country is waiting for someone to take the rostrum and, uh, you know, put their political future on the pursuit of alternative energy, wind energy, off the northwest coast of Clare. Yeah. Okay. And commit herself or himself to that. She will, he will get the support of the electorate. Well, the, the Minister for the Environment has been going on... Not enough. No, well, uh, this week he has announced yes. the fast-tracking yes. of, of five wind farms, four of which will be located in the, the Irish Sea, and one in the west coast. No, eight, there's eight, and there's two in Cork. And, to, well, there should and the, be, one yeah. on, the one in the West Coast is up in Cunanara or something. Yeah. yeah. But so, these are the ones yeah. kind of at, at the first. Now, uh, you, you, we've been reading over months about the ESB's own plans off yeah. Money Point and all the others. They're not yet ready to go. These, these wind farms are supposed to be ready by 2027. Yeah. Um, so what, what I would what say to say? Jim is, look, on the one hand, we need the clean energy in order to reduce CO2 emissions. And yet, it's the 450,000 tonnes of peat, which is itself extracting the carbon, disturbed by this, which has, which has probably done a lot of damage. See, on the one hand, we think we're doing good, and yet on the other, we've destroyed a, a habitat, which is what the European Union wanted us to protect. But, but that's, okay, that's been done at this stage. Uh, you know, can we, should we not be trying to turn back the clock. That's not, the make case. This, not make the same type of mistake that yeah. you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Well, let's not make the same mistake, but, but it's, it's the sort of attitude, do it and seek forgiveness later. I, I'm going to break the law. I know I'm going to break the law. Um, but I'm sure I, I, I'll be okay. But if you go through that, uh, if you go through that, if you read that article there, well, the, 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 as far as I, I go, could, could see in the ESB, they just, they just wrote... Uh, over everybody, they just they did. Over it's the local communities who who are now subject what, what to. They don't don't it's, forget, it's, it's the semi-state. The, national... the ESB is answerable to somebody, isn't that right? Well, I don't okay, know. they're There's answerable a, to the government theoretically. Yes, now, so we're, they're answerable. So instead of just concentrating our our blame on the on the ESB, shift a little bit of that energy onto the the department that was responsible for monitoring it. Listen, we, we've reached half-time. The referee has already blown the half-time whistle. Half-time? Half-time. Uh, Pat O'Brien, what bit of music are we going to dance around the room we'll, to? We'll, we'll go for, uh, for Tom Jones and Delilah. Oh, lovely. Very yeah. good. Tom Jones and Delilah Tom. from the early 1960s. Yeah. I'd say you could nearly sing it, Jim. <laughs> I won't. Wow! <laughs> uh. <laughs>
You're very welcome back. You're listening to local media this week on Scarlet Bay Community Radio, and you've been listening to Tom Jones with his uh, 1968 release, Delilah, chosen as usual by Pat O'Brien. We talked about Mother's Day in part one. David, you discovered something while you were listening to Delilah. That's right. Well, the Clare Champion got on to us and uh, pointed out that actually on page 19, there's another alternative history of, the, of Mother's Day. And I think it actually backs up what I was saying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the lady who kind of initiated the modern Mother's Day was a woman called Anne Reeves Jarvis. She set up Mother's Day work clubs in West Virginia. Uh, in the 19th century and managed eventually to get the public holiday that we know today in about in 1905. Yeah. So fair play to the Clare Champion. It's a nice example of two alternative histories and I think this history wins the day. Okay. Very good. Very good. Um, the Puka. John, uh, you're, uh, you're a fan of Pukas. I am, but you know... In the, in the page 10 of the Champion. Ten, page 10. Well, we have a, an article written this week by no that, less a person than... That, his, his eminence. The Bishop of Killaloo. Yeah. Uh, Finton Monaghan. Finton Monaghan. And um, he's, he's kind to the Puka. He is kind, and he's, he's alerting people to the reality that it represents, or can represent, uh, evil in society. No, okay. Uh, and this is a protection. And he brings out an interesting point about uh, external ornamentation in churches with gargoyles. Do you know those ugly figurines you see on the, okay, uh, on the exterior wall? Ennis actually is good at the cathedral, and Ennis is displaying it. Now, why were they so ugly looking? Are they so ugly looking? And Bishop Monaghan is making the point, you see, that they are protecting, they're keeping out evil. Okay. Yes. And, so, and, and the other point he has made, I think it's a reasonable point that yeah. for centuries the, the, there has been a multiple representation of the good, the bad and the ugly, to borrow a phrase. Yeah. And notwithstanding the efforts of the church to stamp out um, Sheelany gigs and all these other yeah. things, as he calls them, pagan um, symbols, symbols that yeah. they coexist with Christian symbols today and he points out in Ennis the Marian shrines and all the other non-secular ones yet it presumably it is one of his priests he, he alludes to the fact that it was denounced from the altar in, in, in um, Ennis Diamond Mm -hmm. um, he briefly alludes to it, so one of his priests obviously doesn't agree with him yeah, well, um, but, but I think he has a point um, yeah. that, that these things can be reminders. It can, it's, for others, it's simply art. And, yeah, to appreciate. Right. and, and look at uh, the, the title of the article. Anybody who's reading The Champion, do go to page 10. And Finton, Bishop Finton Monaghan has the article on the pardon for the Puka. It's a good title. I think it's a great title. And if we can remind Clare County Council and anyone else who's involved that Scarlet Bay Community <laughs> Radio, that our offer to uh, bring the Puka to East Clare. <laughs> We'll give it a pedestal. Outside Tolla Hurling Field or in the centre of Bodike or Tungraney, you know, where all roads lead to an East Clare. Um, yeah. Well, and Seamus, they are. We, we, we'll be going on to a, a story there. 
and what about consultation opens on scalable generation options? And why should the Fuka not be central to that? Tell us, Pat, um, there, there has last Monday, I think, and there's a, a lovely photograph of Timmy Hogan there in the Clare Champion. Yes, yeah, yeah. And the architect, Frankel O'Dowden, of Helena McElneil Architects and Tim Hogan chatting during a public consultation on, on the re regeneration of the Scarif Market Square. Uh, this is a story from Fiona McGarry. A uh, public consultation is underway in East Clare in relation to the enhancement of the health of Scarif as the town gets set for major regeneration. Almost one third of people who have already given feedback on the ongoing project favour the removal of the area's traditional cobblestones while a significant number believe more parking is also needed. The, the town is set for a major regeneration, re re and following the award in, of 524,000 by the Department of Rural and Community Development, the allocation will go towards the provision of long-awaited new public health park and enterprise hope and enhancement. Pat, could I hold you on that? Because yeah. you're on a very important point there. Um, and that is the, the public are being invited to make their observations on the options that are being presented at the moment. And if you want to check uh, where would you find the presentations, the market house is open from 11 o'clock to 3 p.m. weekdays until April the 4th. April 4th, Okay. Yeah. So go along. I've been in there myself. Go along. There's a little what have you there. You could tick off. Yeah. Okay. John, can I ask you, well, the one thing as a newcomer to the place that yeah. I really liked yeah. was the, the stone walls enclosing, semi-enclosing semi the, the space. At the market house. And I think it linked the landscape. Yes. I, I, I really like those walls. The cobbles are not really cobbles. They're actually dangerous. And yeah. I, they're, they're going, aren't they're, they? It's nice to see them gone. But I would hate to throw out the good things that we have in the town. Well, I think... Which David, give it character. David, I think that has to be seen in its totality. Mm. That wall, I know the wall you're talking about, and I'm wondering what's going to happen to it. And it, in one of the options, it's gone. In right. fact, I'm not quite so sure if in all the options, yeah. it's gone. Okay, you mm. see, this is what happens with regeneration. But here you have an opportunity as I will, a citizen I'll, I'll to make it. But it's, and it is so important for everybody, because when, when work starts and when diggers move in or whatever, it is too late. Now is the time to, yeah. in, in these areas yeah. to, to have your say. Uh, a few people in Mount Shannon are having their say. We mentioned a planning application for the Ashther to cover the centre area of the Ashther, the, the uh, recessed area in either the sunken area, the amphitheatre nearly it is, uh, in Mount Shannon in the Ashther um, Park uh, to cover that, but um, it's on the Clare Champion. Is, yeah. I think there are a few. Uh, yeah, just um, there on the East Clare page. Objections. Yeah, East Clare and South East Clare page there on in the, the case, Champion. And Fiona uh, McGarry has it again. Yeah. The case is made well, though, by the object. I, I don't agree with the objection, but the case is well made by the. The objector, do you, well, do you think? Yeah, I suppose if you're sitting, if you're, if you're, if you're in your house at that side of the, on the left hand side, is to go down and you're looking out yeah. into the Shannon, you might yeah. like to see some building going up and exactly. You know, exactly. You know? mm. uh, I, I don't know, um, I, 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 I don't know the area, but Jim says Luke was saying that it was going to be down low, that it was, it was going mm. to be sunk down, yeah. Yeah. it would be down yeah. low, and that yeah. you'd be able to see it's, all over it's it. It's a great testament to Patsy Donald. It is that, that, oh, that, that project, whole area, yes. project. she pushed that when. 
you know, pushed yeah. it single-handedly often. Yes, um, indeed. But it really has, it, it opens up Mount Shannon mm. to visitors, links the oh, yeah, harbour to, to the village. It's a lovely area, yeah. Oh, beautiful. Okay, there's also, we talked about planning in, in Tumgraney. Uh, planning has been granted with some conditions for uh, apartments, David. That's right, page five, Jim, of the uh, Clare Champion, Fiona McGarry again. Fiona McGarry is doing an awful lot of work on the planning applications. Um, this was a planning application by McEwen and Woolen Mills to build apartments and do other various developments. They were looking for ex the council looked for extra information. Uh, the council are now satisfied, and the apartments have been approved, subject to a few adjustments. So I think it's a good thing. Um, it is a special area of conservation, so hopefully it'll be treated with with due respect. Um, but it brings a bit of, it brings, it, it should increase, maybe, it might increase the population of the place, a small increase. Yeah, they have, they have secured, um, previously secured planning for a tea room and as well as that's additional right. workshop space. Yeah, that's right. So Actually, last week I was in the, the, do you know the little shop that's there beside yes. McKeerans? Yes, yes. And we went in there for, for a coffee and a bun. And it's a lovely place to go. Mm, mm. Now, we had our little granddaughter with us a year and a half and she, looking at all the, the shelves and everything, she would pull everything down. But it, it was a lovely, it's a lovely and little spot. And that's just across the road, Jim, from yeah. the mills. It's across the road from the yeah. mills, but McKiernan's are there. Yes, it's called East Clare Trading Post. Post, yes. 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 Okay, John, I know John, because I see you there every year, uh, Clare Drama Festival. Oh, the festival. Ha has a special place in your heart always. <laughs> and um, as we speak, the, the festival is on, but it gets loads of coverage in the papers, in That's both uh, the Clare Echo and the Clare Champion this week. And everybody uh, involved must be keeping their fingers crossed, Jim, that the old virus stays well away in the UK, because we are in for nearly a month of anticipation between the drama festival and the cabaret, okay? But there's a nice, a very nice spread of, um, of plays for this. So we're now on Sunday, and we have the beauty queen of Lenan. By the way, I bet you, I bet you none of you know which, what number of, is it this year we're celebrating? The 73rd. Oh, smart man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smart man does his research. Oh, he does his research, all right. So, look at, you can't book, go along, okay? And you can have a, Jim, you can have a, a what, what you call a ticket for how much? A season ticket for 60, 60 euro. Yes. Go every night. Yes. Isn't that great? And, and, and many people do. They and do, yeah. As, a, as again, as a sort of a blow in here, and, and one of the things that I would have done before COVID was go to the festival and seeing people that you wouldn't have thought would have gone. And that's not to sort of sound demeaning or anything, no. but it's really what I'm saying is it's a very popular thing. In East Clare, it really is. It is. I mean, the culture of drama and interest in it. Is mm -hmm. heightened and music and, and music, musical yeah. theatre as well. So Just along now uh, for the rest because of the we week. should we shouldn't forget uh, uh, the cabaret and the, the the musical society will be coming up the following week. Uh, the following yeah. couple Absolutely. of weeks. Pat, you have some photographs yeah, there. The the Just very fast, Jim. There's a few beautiful photographs there. Uh, here in the front, you have a fellow drama group, Margaret Holland as as being Maggie, Margaret Tui as oh, yeah. Claire. 
Kaplan and Mary Farrell, as Mr. Hannah, as Mrs. Hannah Madden, well, Mary Farrell is an Ophelia Hans Mills woman, and uh, <laughs> there in the front of the, of the uh, in the Tuller Drama Group, uh, a lovely photograph, and there's a few more inside as well. I see Brian Torpy features anyway. Yeah, uh, Brian is chasing there on page four. Yes. Instead of Petnick and, and uh, Marriott Possel. Yes. So, um, Got a good photograph. Yeah, they are very good photographs. There's a couple more in it as well. I it? presume it's John Kelly. But John Kelly, it's John yeah, Kelly. Yeah. John, yeah. They're a great yeah. photograph. Yeah. And uh, fair play to O'Callan's Mills, well represented. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at the front <laughs> page. The they are the <laughs> Cash, can I, we need to move on. Can I ask you to maybe go to the sports page? Because Tungraney Handball Club. Uh, really have cause to celebrate this week. Oh, they had a great, yeah, a great week uh, with with um, the um, the the All Ireland senior um, in, uh, singles title. There's for the first time since 1960, isn't it? 80. Oh, 80 from from Pat So um, there's, there's a nice, there's a lovely photograph there of of, of uh, with the cup and um, and his his dad Jim. And um, in the Clericourt on page uh, 32. Tom Grady's, uh, have the story. And Tom Grady's game with Nash has been crowned our Ireland champion. Nash upset the odds, defeating number one seed and four time champion Royal McCarthy, Jonah from Westmead. In this year's our Ireland, 40, 40 by 24 World Handball Championship finals in, in King's Court on Saturday. After two, after two previous final defeats against the same opposition, 2014 19. Nash's first senior title is after the first for the Banner County since the Great Pet Derby in 1980. From Tom Grainy as well. From Tom Grainy as well. No, it's, there, it's. Sorry, David. Yeah. There's a lovely picture uh, in the champion, page 16 of the sports section, and, and the title is Nash Bridges 42 Year Gap. Um, but there he is, he's pictured there. There is a, a smaller picture in, in the Echo, all right. Um, but with a very proud family, I presume they're all his family there. Jim, yes, yeah. His parents, Jim and Mary, sisters, Claude and Dervila, following, following his All-Ireland senior singles, and 40 a, by 20. And of course, Mary is our, our, our financial controller here. On the, In the uh, radio station. Radio. So she's yes. a very important person to keep <laughs> on board. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we'd like to congratulate the Nash family and, uh, and on, 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 on Guillermo's win. And young Paul Rogers. Paul Rogers is the young the 14 title as well, yeah. That's a, I mean, this is phenomenal, really. All Ireland's are falling into Tumgrani's scarf. Yes. Yeah. New and, and worlds. Mm. And worlds. At times, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, um, there, it's absolutely fantastic, both uh, boys and girls, because we, we talked recently about um, what yeah. Finna Close and uh, Emer Rogers, who won the national title. Yeah, uh, they're in doubles under 15, I think it yes. was. So uh, it's absolutely brilliant, no, absolutely brilliant. Okay, just one or two things, we're almost out of time. There's a tractor run, uh, which we do want to mention, and it's on, I think it's next Sunday, Pat. Yeah, it's on, in, uh, it's in the community page of the, of the Echo, uh, page 16. And uh, Killinina tra tractor run in aid of Baby Leon by Sarah Murphy. Uh, and this is a, she's a St. Flannan student that's writing this um, article. There's a tractor run being held in April the third in Kennysbury, Killinina in aid of Baby Leon. Leon was born on the 10th of May 2021 after his mother Michelle Lyons went into spontaneous labour at, at just 25 weeks. The money raised will help towards the provision of an intensive physio. 
that Leon needs both inside and outside the home. He will also help provide a sensory room for Leon while he's within his home and enable him to get the required equipment for the challenges ahead that Leon will face. And um, it's a tractor runners on in, 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 in Tirolina and Sunday. And they have a GoFund page already set up and they have three and a half thousand uh, collected in that. And the goal is four and a half thousand. So they, they have another thousand to raise in Sunday. So I probably will get over. I heard, um, I heard mm. a story on the radio this morning about this, this child and he's a lot of He's had a lot of problems ahead of him, so it would be, be great to see that. It would be brand new. I'm support, very well. I mean, the, the tractor people who go to yeah. Kiranina are absolutely brilliant, mm. second to none. Mm. Uh, just, we've only about 30 seconds, we've less than 30 seconds. Uh, Raheen is opening. Two million the, pound the, extension, Jim. Yes. Opening at the end of the month, at the end of April. End of April. Okay. And there'll be seven and new rooms there. I'm booking the place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for a second, Jim, there was we, a, a, we a, About 20. Yeah. A group of US folk club members enjoyed Big Sing Song at Spencer Hill. A large group of Americans visited the cross of Spencer Hill on Wednesday, part of a folk group from Michigan that travels <clears> to places they know from songs. And they, they, they have, they have, they have um, all these Irish songs, and they are travelling around Ireland, and uh, to, to various places about, that's, that's mentioned in the song. So there'll be about four years in this country if they go to all those places. Spencer Hill is, is uh, was the first uh, uh, port for cards for the Rule of Oak. Okay, listen, our our time is up. I'm afraid. Uh, many thanks to our panel today, to John S. Kelly. Welcome, Jim. To Pat O'Brien. Thank you, Pat, and to David thanks Fleming. Thanks very much, Jim. Uh, we've reached the end of the programme. Hopefully you've enjoyed it and uh, heard bits and pieces. Uh, but do go out and purchase our uh, newspapers, our Clare print media, because we have two very good newspapers here in County Clare, the, the main ones, and we have others as well. And uh, it's really, you know, something that we need to keep up. So many thanks. Pat O'Brien. Pat, have we got a... A piece of music to finish up on. We'll, we'll finish up on this, but it is appropriate for Mother's Day. Uh, Pretty Woman from Roy Orbison and from 1964. Pet, you're an old romantic. <laughs> so, okay, listen, thank you very much uh, to everybody. We'll see you again next Tuesday with the help of God. That's all from us today. Goodbye and God bless. <laughs>